0: hello my name is glenn friedman i'm the ceo of prague medicine international and you're inside the c-suite the journey and i'm joined today by bobby Hotelling, ceo of Hotelling insurance services how you doing bobby
1: i'm doing great glenn how are you
0: pretty good a uh, long time uh no see all right you're right you know, everybody understands uh bobby's not just a pretty phased, he happens to be a good friend and uh, somebody I admire in, in, in many aspects. He's a charitable guy and um, he's also a smart, smart smart, guy. So so Bobby, you know, w- we like to sort of talk a little bit about folks and where they were and how they got here. T- tell me a little bit about Bobby growing up. Where'd you grow up?
1: I grew up on uh, Long Island uh, with, a, with a single mom and uh, a brother and two sisters.
0: Brother and two sisters and and, and what do you have like seven eight bathrooms and you know what you're talking like the hamptons or yeah you we're know, wh- close
1: to that but just like the outhouse of a, of a hampton house actually i was speaking to my brother this morning and we were laughing on the way to the office that we shared a room that we didn't realize how the beds actually fit in there because that's all they were were two beds with nowhere to move
0: there you go all right so my uh my earlier years weren't much different than your uh, early years, so you know part of this this segment is I, I really like to let younger people understand that it's not really where you begin, it's where you finish, right? So uh, today, talk to me a little bit about your lifestyle today.
1: Oh, I uh, I have a I have a uh, an addiction. It's called work, and my preference is insurance. I literally. Work non-stop, but I've uh, come to build to where I can have the finer things in life now. But someday I hope to be like uh, you and be able to enjoy some of my life as opposed to working through my whole life. But uh, I live in Manhattan and I have a house in the Hamptons now.
0: That's fantastic. Um, how did you uh, get into insurance?
1: Um, I got into insurance uh, in my, late, uh, my early 30s. And I had a friend of mine who, uh, who had retired when he was 33, 34 years old in the insurance business. And I said, you know what, I got to see what this is all about. And I started getting into it a little at a time. And here we are, you know, close to 25 years later. And uh, we're over 100 employees. 100 employees in how many locations, Bobby? So right now we're in uh, Miami, Houston. Uh, Manhattan, Melville, Long Island, and Poughkeepsie, New York. Uh, Ready to open up Boston soon, as well as uh, probably Fort
0: Lauderdale. Good for you. And how many states do you think you service?
1: We're licensed right now in 44
0: states. 44 states. And I can honestly tell you folks that, you know, being a a good friend and a business person that likes to uh, network and refer business back and forth, I've tried to introduce Bobby to many people. Problem is he's always gotten there before me, um, you know. I, and it could be anywhere. It could be in Miami. It could be in LA. Wherever I meet somebody, I say, you know, I really have somebody that can add value and, and solve some of your uh, risk management issues. This guy Bobby, and they're like, I know Bobby. Um, and and it, it's an incredibly fascinating story because Bobby really is um, in the marketplace, and he does know a lot of people. How did you get there, Bobby?
1: you know what glenn i just it's funny you ask that question because i ask myself the same question sometimes and i say could i do this all over again how did i get here and it's it's intriguing sometimes i don't know it's just from i guess doing the same thing over and over i kind of relate myself to uh the the uh the broadway show lion king you familiar with lion king sure so i always say i always tell everyone my i'm like lion king i've been around for you know 25 years and the show never changes, only the people. So the audience always changes, but the show is always the same. And I never really deviate too much on what I do. I do one thing, I do insurance. I, uh, I built my uh, business on principles and integrity. And at the end of the day, I don't make any money on anything I don't do in the world of insurance. And I felt if I could refer and build other people's business, I'd become very valuable to them. And everyone knows me in the world of insurance. And they, uh, I, I would hope that more than don't know me as a man of integrity. On what I do is, you know, what I tell people I'm going to do, I do it for the better or the worse. Uh, if I make a deal and shake your hand, it's better than any contract I've ever written.
0: That's fantastic. And, and you know, I would say that I've been doing this, this uh, podcast for uh, a couple of months now. And the CEOs that have sat in the chair you're sitting in, It really is always about the people, the relationships, and the integrity. I've yet to meet anybody that um, doesn't hold those things dear. But talk to me a little bit about the people at work for you and how important they are.
1: Well, in our business, I I look at the insurance as a commodity and the people as the the real asset of the company. Uh, At the end of the day, I can tell you whatever I'm going to tell you I want to do. But unless I have my people doing what I'm promising, and, uh, and, and presenting to the uh, people I deal with, I'm, I'm nothing, right? It's very hard to get a client, and it's very easy to lose a client. So it's really, uh, my, my thing is to go out and get the best of the best. So I go after, I recruit a lot of my people through some of the biggest insurance companies in the country. Uh, a lot of them are international. So I'll go out and get the, uh, the, uh, the person who ran Marsha's private client, and I'll bring her in and have her run my private client. I'll go to some of the bigger companies out there and I'll get the top people and give them the opportunity to really be an entrepreneur and come into my end of the business and grow a smaller business in retrospect. And uh, I always say it's about the people, about the people, about the people.
0: So well, you are the orchestra leader, huh? And um, putting people in the right places to, uh, to do the best they can is what it's all about. Tell tell me about the client side. How important is the client?
1: Without the clients, we don't have a business. So I learned early on that my friends are my clients and my clients are my friends. So I always tell people I have an addiction and it really is the insurance business. And my wife is like, you never take off. A funny scenario is that she wanted to go away for New Year's and it's okay, we can go away for three days. And she was like, it doesn't make any sense. Three days, why only three days? Because I feel like I have to get back here right away. I know you you and I have this conversation all the time, Glenn, but I have this phobia of being away uh, from my people. I just feel I have to be here. If I'm not here, I feel like I'm letting them down and I feel like I'm letting my clients down. I need to be available. Sometimes maybe more than uh, than maybe is necessary, but that's what it comes down to.
0: Let me ask you this, how do you feel about winning?
1: What what else is there?
0: (laughs) I'll tell you what else there is. How do you feel about losing?
1: I never lose. I I honestly say that from the bottom of my heart. I never lose for one reason. The only time you lose is when you give up. So I have clients. I lose clients. And I always tread water. So I always feel that at some point if I lose a client, and I tell my people this all the time because I think it's very instrumental. When you lose a client, you need to lose that client. With the same grace and integrity that you brought them on, you need to ship them off the same way and help them re-engage with whomever they're going to move to for whatever their reason is. Because I do feel there is only a matter of time before they come back to me. Uh, one of my biggest and best relationships took me seven years to secure, and there was so many highs and lows in the process. My wife was like, "Why do you waste your time?" I said, "I waste my time because that someday will be my client, and I will be his go-to." And as we stand today, I probably generate about a million dollars a year in revenue off of this guy. And he's one of my dearest friends. And he calls me for everything you can possibly imagine above and beyond, even what we do in the business space.
0: That's interesting. What uh, Where did you get this work ethic that you have?
1: You know what? I, I think it just comes from uh,
0: growing up the way I grew up.
1: You know, being, uh, you know, I always say I was so poor I had 1.0. So, uh I basically, you know, you did one of two things as a kid, right? You you pick and choose what you want to do. So I guess fortunately for my entire family, all four of us have a work ethic that is very similar uh, where we don't understand hours and uh, we just basically do what we have to do to survive.
0: And when you were sitting around the kitchen table, you guys all talked about becoming the CEO of a hundred person firm doing business in 44 states. Is that basically how dinner went? No, I wasn't even
1: close to that. I, I, actually, it's ironic because
0: I was probably the worst student
1: and worst school uh, uh, school person in my entire family. Where my mom was questioning why I was going uh, to go to college and uh, not into the service like my brother. So I always went against the uh, the grain on everything I did.
0: Okay, so let's talk about. So then it, it wasn't um, you know taught to you at home. You didn't go to school to become a CEO. What's it like sitting in that chair today?
1: You know what i can honestly say that i wake up probably every day as scared as i was when i started the business and you know i i get anxieties i wake up in the middle of the night and i'll tell you even even through what we've just gone through with covid uh more so uh i feel that at the end of the day i'm responsible for each and every person and their families so when their family has an issue i have an issue So my my ultimate goal when I really was when I was younger, uh, I was big into football. I played football in college and I wanted to be a coach and I didn't become a coach for one reason. Teachers just don't really make money. And the coaching uh, to get to the upper level wasn't really something that was even in my vocabulary. So what I do right now is I coach people. I coach people to be successful.
0: That's great. That is great. So. Um, Do you think other people can do what you did? Does it take some some special hidden, um, you know, recipe that somehow lives in you that other people don't have? I
1: I think anybody, I I honestly feel everybody can be successful and anybody can do what I did. I always tell people sometimes you got to be smart enough to be dumb enough. So if you're too smart, you think you know everything you can't learn. My theory is I can learn from everybody on any given day. And then I just don't, I don't have a losing mentality in my brain. I just really know that, I'm never losing. I'm just never, ever, ever losing. I wake up every day, and I really, truly feel, why not me? When I meet somebody, why not me? Why aren't they working with me? And I literally go through my day like that, and I,
0: I, I'll never lose if I don't give up. Do you think this is a good profession for a young person coming out of college?
1: I think it's the worst profession in the world, because the kids coming out of college today really don't have
0: the work ethic, in my opinion
1: and i think under the pandemic it, i i've watched my younger guys really battle this industry is a very lucrative business if you can make it past the 3 to 5 year window
0: and uh, do you feel what what what's the american dream to you are you living the american dream
1: oh yeah i live it every day now everyone has a different perspective of what it is but to me i don't have a material I want in the world i pretty much do whatever i want and you had made a comment earlier i am all about giving back i'm all about i don't even i don't even want the recognition i don't care i don't i'd rather give money to the people i'm not a big charity guy when i'm going to the big you know the, the, the bigger uh charities out there i go back to my high school and i bought all their equipment their gym equipment their shoulder pads like i buy everything because that's where i came out of and if you went to the school other than the coach, there's not one person that would know this because I don't care about that. I just think that it gave me an opportunity Um, going to that school and playing football there gave me the opportunity to graduate. And um, I don't mind giving back to stuff like that. I don't need to have my name on a list anywhere. I just did another one for a big company down in Houston. I said, I don't need my name on anything. I'm just gonna donate the money to you. So I don't wanna be involved. I don't need the recognition. So I, am, I, I do feel if you give back and you help others in the ways that I do, I just feel that the universe has a way of giving back.
0: Yeah, so I want to say um, Bobby is very generous. He is living the American dream. And uh, part of that dream is to uh, be good to others. And uh, he imbibes that. And I'm going to leave you with a little story here about Bobby hoteling. So Bobby and I are at a charity event one night. And um, my wife and there's a silent auction, right, for those of you that have been at charity events and uh, you could bid on your cell phone and my wife sees a painting that she likes and she tells us and of course i'm bidding for that painting and it's going up and up and every time i put in a bid it goes up higher and i'm like holy god man who the hell is bidding against me for this damn painting and so at the end of the night i lose the painting which i don't like to lose either folks and um and you know what happens it turns out it was bobby bidding on the friggin' painting and he wasn't bidding on it for himself or his wife he was bidding on it for my wife and so we did a nice thing for the charity because we were bidding against each other we probably could have had the thing for a hundred bucks instead of cost us a few thousand bucks and uh today it's hanging in my home um but and and my wife was very appreciative but you know, it, it was a fun time and uh bobby i want to thank you and hoteling insurance services for all you've done for our firm And I want to thank you for uh, spending the last 10, 15 minutes um, being open and honest with us. And uh, hope to see you uh, face-to-face one day in person without masks. Take care.
1: All right. Thanks, Clint.